My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. All right, what's up, everyone? This is episode one of Denting, coming from Leave Your Dent in the Universe. I'm here with my good friend and my teammate and my roommate, Tommy Williamson. Tommy, how are you? Thanks for having me, bro. It's great to be here. Anytime. I don't think I even told you the name of the of the podcast. Yeah, now I just recognize <laughs> it, but it all makes sense now. Yeah, denting comes from uh, leaving your dent in the universe, and that's what I want to focus on. Um, obviously, we've talked through our time here together. It's been nearly two years or so with the pandemic. Um, I just want to talk about how you've left your dent here at Cal, how Cal has shaped you. And obviously your next stage, which is coming up extremely soon. Yeah, very soon. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy coming to the end of my Cal career, I guess, in a way. And I'm kind of just reflecting on all these experiences I've had. And um, it's really been a it's really been a great experience for me. That's good. Um, so tell me a bit about yourself, just for everybody that doesn't know, like what's for position home. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm my name's Tommy Williamson. I uh I'm here on the men's soccer team at Cal, um, now going to San Jose Earthquakes. Um, I'm from Orange County, California, a little small town called Anaheim Hills. Um, I grew up playing soccer since I've been four years old. Um, my parents just enrolled me in a rec league alongside my little brother, Johnny. Um, and we just fell in love with the game, and it's been up ever since and I knew since I was a little kid that I really wanted to be a professional soccer player um so that was kind of like a constant throughout my childhood um was just having soccer there for me as an outlet to do something and and become better at something so um yeah soccer's always really been there for me did your parents play or, or how was it that you got into that rec league um my dad played uh amateur in college okay but um yeah, my mom is always super into the game. Um, she's from Iran, so it's it's pretty big over there too. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, a lot of my family plays, so I come from kind of a soccer family. That's nice. So going into that and like reg soccer, obviously growing up like middle school, early high school, it's different. But tell me about how you started on the path towards D1 soccer, especially Pac-12 soccer. Yeah, um, I think that was when I got into the academy program okay. development academy when um, was that? that was in high school freshman year okay. of high school so i didn't really play high school soccer yeah um i knew that was kind of the route i want to go to um, my parents were very insistent that i go to college yeah um even though i just wanted to play soccer but i in the end i recognized why obviously um but yeah I, after a few years in the academy i knew i wanted to go to a college and one of our former teammates shinya yeah. Actually, uh, he played at Strikers too, so I kind of got to like see his journey at Cal briefly before uh, I even like started getting recruited. So it kind of gave me some insight to where I want to go. And and Cal was always my number one option. I didn't really have 
any other schools in mind. So it was kind of, it was very nice that it all came together. That's nice. How, how did it end up connecting? Was it through Shinya and that connection that you already had or, or how um, did it work out? No, this is actually a pretty crazy story. So um, I reached out to them a bunch of times. I was typing like five emails to them, no response. Finally, I got one response. And then um, two months before the game that they came to watch, I broke my wrist. No. Yeah. So I was in a cast. I had to bubble wrap my <laughs> wrist all the way up to my forearm. Um, so I don't like club anyone. Yeah. Uh, but the day when they showed up to, to watch, I was actually taking an SAT test in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. And so I missed half the game. And then I arrived at halftime when we were down 3-0. And I and I got two goals and an assist, I believe. Oh, so you came back. And we we brought it back and we tied three three. And then at the end of the game, I saw the assistant coach for Cal over there in the stands, and I was like, wow, okay, cool. Yeah. And then um, was it Jake? It was not Jake. It was ha- Javier Ayala Hill. Okay. He was okay. the one before Jake. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty crazy story, just how it came together. Next week, they gave me a call, say, hey, come visit the campus, and then um, that's when I committed. That's nice. Yeah, I have a. Kind of similar story, actually. I remember when it was. It was uh, April 21st, 2018. And I know that date because it's the day after 420. So, <laughs> so my whole team my whole team was, like, hung over. It was bad. Yeah. And I was pretty pissed off because, obviously, like, I know Jake is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're playing Galaxy at Galaxy. Oh, my and God. And that's always a tough game. Yeah, it's not easy. We, we were actually playing against Togo. Oh, no way. Yeah, so we're, so we're playing Togo, and um, Togo's one of our teammates now at Cal, and we're down 2-0, and it was bad. And at halftime, I just got them together and was like, we got to go and like do something about this. Got an assist, and we ended up tying 2-2. But wow. It was scary. And it's similar story. Yeah, with the comeback. That's pretty yeah. interesting. I think it was, it was a really cool experience because I think like even though it was like an unideal situation, yeah. kind of in both of our instances, like... Uh, it was almost turned around into like such a positive situation that you wouldn't like go into the game saying like, oh, I'm missing like half of this game due to injury and, and SAT testing. Like um, there's no way anything would happen. But it was almost like I wasn't even thinking about any of that. I was just like so concerned about football and, and getting my team back that like it have just naturally happened. So it was actually a really good learning experience too. Yeah, it really was. I feel like it's like fighting for what you want in that moment because it's like mm-hmm. fight or fly, you know? Exactly. And, and yeah, I feel like that's what it was. And that's interesting. I didn't know that about you. So, yeah. so that's nice. Um, and then you got to Cal. And tell me a bit about your, your first years at Cal and how everything went. Yeah, my first years at Cal, it was, it was kind of difficult leaving um, home and, and coming up here and coming to a whole different team, whole new environment and everything with the difficult academic environment as well. As you know, it's not very easy here at Cal Berkeley. But um, yeah, it was definitely an adjustment. And freshman and sophomore year, I didn't get the type of football that I was looking for in a way. Um, I don't think I was playing at my peak. Tell me a bit about it. Yeah. Um, Coming to freshman year, you know, you come from – I never really even like sat on the bench when I was growing up. No. So this was like kind of a first thing for me where I'm like, oh, I'm a bench player and I have to adapt and, and, and come onto the field for only a few minutes. I'm not like the main guy. So that was definitely a bit of an adaption. And um, I think it was a good learning experience too, just not being the center 
of the team yeah. and having to contribute in a different way um, than you usually would. Uh, and so I obviously wanted to be playing, um, but I think that, yeah, the, overall that was a good experience, even though in the moment I was not very happy that I wasn't playing. Yeah, and you're a forward, so do you know, like, did you pay, uh, play, like, on the wing or different positions also freshman year? Yeah, I was playing on the wing. Okay. Uh, I was playing in different positions than I usually would. Um, but I don't think that was the main thing. Yeah, I don't it's, think it's the, it's the main reason, but yeah. just for context for other players, like, mm -hmm. when you're coming off of the bench, it's you don't play where you want to play. You play where you're given an opportunity. Exactly. So, so, yeah, and did you end up scoring at all, like, freshman, sophomore year? No, freshman, sophomore year, I, I didn't have any goals. I think I had, like, one assist okay. or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I think it was definitely – I wouldn't blame that on my lack of playing time or anything. Okay. I think that was definitely just an internal um, internal thing where I wasn't mentally prepared to to con contribute in that sort of way. Yeah. And um, I think it was definitely necessary for me to have a, a shift in my focus in terms of when it comes to football uh, on how to approach the game. And during that time, how was school? How was your personal life? Because people don't realize so much of what goes into an athlete's game has to do with their personal life and everything that's going on. So outside of the field, how was life? Yeah, definitely. It was it was pretty difficult being on my own. Um, freshman year, I, I, I had like a mix of roommates, you know. Uh, Alonzo, one of my good friends here, uh, he lived in Richmond. So it was super close and he would be going home. I didn't really have like a, a roommate there all the time. So uh, it was definitely like a bit more lonely than I thought it would be. Okay. Um, and obviously just dealing with class and all these new uh, professors and, and people that are so smart. It was it was a difficult adaption, but I think I did well in school. It was just very stressful yeah. for sure. And I think that definitely like the combination of living on my own, having a stressful academic environment and then also dealing with like a stressful soccer situation. Yeah, it uh, amounted to like more than it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. And it. It gets really tough, and I even remember when I came in as a freshman, you were coming in as a junior, mm -hmm. um, and I remember coming in, you were injured, so I had, like, I didn't know you before, but then it was like, all right, this guy's just injured, and it's it's like, all right, no clue. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's freshmen coming in, everybody wants a spot, and it, it was even tougher than once again, right, because you fight for a spot freshman year, sophomore year. And now junior year, you get injured. Yeah. So tell it, me better about that. It, it was it was pretty difficult coming in, uh, you know, to the season, especially when I felt I was really prepared for it. Honestly, yeah. that summer coming into junior year, I was I was feeling on top of my game. I was feeling ready to go, and then I had an unfortunate injury during one of our preseason trainings, yeah. and so that took me out of pretty much all of the beginning of the season. And um, I think. I hate to say it, but I think that was one of the best things that could have happened to me. Okay. Um, and I know you're you're of a stoic yourself. Yeah. You really like that philosophy, and I think that's where I really got. Um, I really put myself in that stoic state of mind, where uh, I really only control the things I can control, exactly. and I don't really worry about the rest because um, worrying all night about my ankle who's playing over me who's gonna take that spot that's not that
that wasn't going to do anything for me. So I think I just really focused on taking care of my body, making sure my fitness was still up. I'd be on the bike every day, um, taking care of my ankle, making sure it's getting better. Um, and just being happy where I am, you know, um, I recognize that that could have been one of my last seasons playing soccer too. So I think I, I approached the game in a way where it was almost so simple, just enjoying football and enjoying playing with my teammates. So, um, coming back from that injury, I felt, uh, I felt fresh and I felt like I had weight off me, which, um, I think really helped me have a good season that year. Yeah. And obviously that, that season just changed your life in a way. Well, it literally changed your life now. Yeah. Um, so you go from going through what everybody goes through, which is being the main guy on the high school slash academy team. Everybody's the main guy mm-hmm. coming in. And then you go through that freshman collegiate process, you're not playing. And sophomore year, again, you're not really playing. Junior year, you're starting, you're ready, you get injured, you're out. Like, easily, for so many people, especially that I meet nowadays, people would quit after that. So, yeah. obviously, you talk about taking that pressure off of yourself, but why didn't you quit? Um, I don't think quitting was ever an option for okay. me. I think, like... I just love football and I've been playing since I've been a little kid and that's all I like to do. So, um, yeah, I was, I was almost at a point where I wasn't even thinking about quitting. I was just thinking about enjoying the most I can out of every second I have, every opportunity I'm given. Um, and just to be humble and, and work hard, my hardest every day. Cause as an athlete, your time is limited extremely and it's, it's limited to your youth. Um, and I think that is a unique situation that doesn't uh, go across all careers. Um, so I think it's just making the most of every moment you have as an athlete. Yeah. And back then, let, let's take it back to fall 2019. Let's think about August slash September 2019. You're coming back from an injury. You're in good form. You're still on the bench. Was professional soccer still on your mind? Um, I wasn't even, I mean, obviously that was like the overarching goal. I feel like yeah. everyone wants to be pro. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, that wasn't even something that was crossing my mind. Okay. I was focused on the day by day activities, getting ready for the next game, making sure I'm showing up to training fresh, humble and hardworking. Um, yeah, I don't even think that was something that crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you went back, you did your daily things, and you started to enjoy soccer again, little by little. Um, and obviously, that's where I met you, and a lot changed for me, and that's the reason that I have you here, especially as episode one. Like, You really inspired me, and I want to talk about that story now. I appreciate that um, a lot. I appreciate that for yeah. you, bro, really. Um, so now you, you're in season, you come off from the bench, and you score against Irvine, Last few minutes, you tie the game. You come back, we play Santa Barbara at their place, mm-hmm. come off from the bench again, you score a header. Things start to get in form. How are you feeling then? How's that shift going for you? Um, I, I think a lot of people, even like my parents, were surprised that like that was happening. Yeah. But like I feel like I already knew deep down that like I was going to make a difference. Okay. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to, 
my goal wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be the top goal scorer. I just wanted to make a difference. I wanted to go on the field and make them feel my presence. Um, I wanted to help my team out. I knew we needed help. I knew we needed someone that's going to be putting them in, basically. So um, I just kind of found my hunger again for goals and 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 getting in those situations where I'm I'm putting myself in a place where I can be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever feel frustrated, like, knowing that you could help, but in a way you couldn't help because you weren't always on? Yeah, no, I definitely felt frustrated at, at certain points. But, um, like, as I said before, like, that was something that's just out of my control. Yeah. Like, I can't control, I can't put myself on the field. I can't take people off field. Um, that's all in the responsibility of the coach. So, yeah. um, just going back to the stoic ideology, you know, I control things I can control and the rest I, I don't worry about because when you worry about something that's that worry is going to control you yeah yeah definitely i was i was reading about it from the stoic himself ryan holiday obviously and he talks about um well he doesn't talk about it one of the older stoics talks about it the ancient ones but of this fear of control and whatever is outside of that which is anything that's not inside your mind Hmm. you just can't control and i saw that go through you back then i didn't know anything about stoicism um i was starting to get to know it but i didn't know I was witnessing it while I was learning about it. So that was pretty sick. That's cool. Um, and then season keeps going. Um, and I want to fast forward a bit to postseason. We're talking January 2020. Um, I remember I was going through that struggle as a freshman myself. Mm-hmm. I registered as a freshman, didn't play a single game. And I've always been the guy that's captain, that's the leader on the team, that's played every single minute, and then I come here, and that's not the case. And I was, like, struggling with some things, but, like, I I told you, like, we weren't really friends back then. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I could approach you to ask questions, but we weren't really close. Yeah. But I remember I approached you at one point, and I asked you um, how I was doing on the team, and you told me this story. And it's the Stanford story, and it's funny that we're talking about this today. Because we're going to play Stanford um, in a couple hours, a few hours, yeah. literally like five hours we kick off. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the Stanford story, sophomore year. Okay, yeah. I definitely, I remember that time you came up to me. It was yeah. in the locker room and yep. you were saying, hey, what can I do? And I was like, I related to your experience so much because I saw you go through the same things that I kind of went through my freshman year. And um, I think it's a moral responsibility of veterans on the team to be supporting the younger guys. Yeah. Cause I think in the end that just makes for a stronger team, better play for everyone. Um, but the Stanford story, uh, so my freshman, sophomore year, uh, my freshman year, we hadn't beat Stanford for five years or so. Yeah. Every time we played them. And as like a rivalry in the Bay, it wasn't so much a rivalry anymore. Yeah. It was almost just like, oh, we're going to let Stanford take us. But my sophomore year was the first time we beat them on their home turf. So that was a really good feeling. And I remember I was, I mean, I was playing that game. um, And it was just a fantastic feeling when JJ scored that goal. And uh, we were all just celebrating, going crazy. Um, But in the back of my mind, I was like, I feel like I can be that person that can make a difference too. And, um, you know, I was sitting on the bench. I wasn't very happy with 
my place, I yeah. guess. Um, and I, I don't, at that point, I wasn't complaining about it. I was understanding, and um, I think that's when I knew I had a I have work to be done. So it's crazy. A year later, when we play them, um, I'm starting, and I'm I was before the game. I looked over to the bench, and I and I kind of saw myself a year ago sitting there. And that kind of gave me some motivation to, to say like, hey, here's your opportunity, here's your shot to to make something happen, to make a difference. And uh, yeah, as you know, in like the 70th minute or something, uh, yeah, we got that PK and I, I buried it, and we ended up winning the game 1-0. And um, it felt so good just to have that moment as not just something that like. Got, brought something to our team but something that kind of like showed my journey from when I was younger and and full of energy but no direction and I kind of found something along the way that led me to this moment in the same exact place just a year later yeah so um yeah that was a really good really good experience yeah obviously that that story is amazing and it's pretty amazing even to think about it now and we'll talk about the, the future of things off of that in a bit. We're going to go to a quick intermission. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back. All right, good. All right, and we're back. Okay. So where we left off, we're talking about the Stanford story. Your sophomore year, JJ scores that banger 88th minute or something like that. Still the craziest goal I've seen. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Shout out JJ if he's watching this. Um but you felt like you could have done more. And you told it in such a nice way that I don't know if people will understand. This was literally a whole year long. Like if people think it's been a long time since the pandemic started, that's how long it took for you to get to that moment again. Yeah. And it came during a season where you earned your spot. And that was the last game of the season. We, we had to win that game to go to playoffs. And we did. And it was thanks to that penalty kick. You got the foul as well. So things start going well. Everything's nice. World's nice. We go to Santa Barbara again, second time, lose. And I just wrote the blog. I think it was November 21st, 2019, when we lost that game. And that was the, the last game that we played. And we're recording this today. It's the 20th of February, 2021. 15 months ago. It's we haven't crazy. played since then. And we that's haven't played crazy. Since then. You know, I mean, just thinking about that was the last game, official game that we actually played. It feels so long ago. Yeah. And I feel like so much has changed since then. Um, yeah, it just feels like a whole different world. It is. It is a completely different thing. Wait, let me check. Record on this real quick. Glad I caught that. All right, cool. All right, there we go. So yeah, it's obviously a completely different thing now. Yeah. Um, and what I want to emphasize is, you have that season. Obviously, nobody knows what's about to happen within the next year, and you just played those. What was it? How many games? It was like. 10 games max because it was Pac-12 games and a few non-conference. Yeah. One playoff. And that was it. Like, that was your collegiate career in a it's way. It's pretty crazy to think about. 
because pandemic comes down what's going through your mind as soon as the pandemic hits um well first it was just like my family honestly yeah. uh soccer wasn't even a thing i was just like let me get home i think everyone was in a state of shock and state of like what is going on um and i think that lasted for a few months yeah. at least if not the whole year yeah um so yeah soccer wasn't really on my mind during those first couple months of the pandemic it was more of just when is this going to stop? Is COVID going to go away? Are we going to be able to play in the fall? Um, I really did think we were going to be able to play in the fall around like April or May. Yeah. So um, it's crazy to think now that that wasn't even something that was considered now. Yeah. So but let's go back to the uncontrollable pandemic hits. We had a few training sessions. You're doing better in spring. Once again, you're marking yourself as a veteran. You're getting ready for what you think is going to be your senior season. MLS draft is coming into mind now and pandemic hits. So you're like, all right, vacation this semester. We'll be back at it in the summer preseason mm-hmm. and we'll be ready in the fall. Yeah. Fall doesn't come. So what's, how do you react to that? You know, um, it was kind of like an eventual realization throughout the summer months that fall was a distant reality fantasy yeah like it was almost just a fantasy that it was going to happen because so many things were going wrong there was a massive social justice movement with black lives matter and it just feel like there was a whole new like there was so many other things going on that soccer was in the center of anyone's mind or even sports in general so um yeah i remember working super hard to leading up to the season um, up until the day that it was canceled, even though in the back of my mind, I knew that it was, it was going to be canceled. So, um, it was, uh, like, just like you and the rest of our teammates, it was, it was very difficult to, to kind of break that news and be like, we're not going to take the field. Yeah. And, and it was a rough year because like you just mentioned, like the pandemic was already hard. The black lives matter movement just grew and that's good for the movement, but not good for the world. Like. That was a horrible thing that was going on for everyone, but especially in the U.S. Um, And that just creates more of an uncontrollable, right? So we have a pandemic we're dealing with than a racial justice pandemic that we're also dealing with. Political turmoil. Politics were all over the place. And now they tell us we don't have soccer. We're on Zoom again for learning, which is already hard enough. It's already hard enough to learn at the number one public in the world. And now you're putting it on Zoom. And there's no soccer. So how did you stay motivated throughout that time? Like, was there any hope for you? Like, you know what? Maybe maybe in the spring we'll have a season. Or what was, like, what kept you going? Yeah, during that time, it was, it was so confusing. Yeah. Um, there was times where... I'd wake up and have zero motivation at all to do anything. And I think that was um, everyone, but yeah. Yeah, I think everyone felt that some some point where it was just day after day. The days kind of blended together. It was a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of loneliness, isolation. And so um, I didn't even think I was going to be able to like, qualify for like the draft or something. Like, as you said, I only played like... 10 games? Yeah, like 15, yeah, I think like 15 games my time here at Cal, like starting and actually being like playing, playing at that level. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, I wasn't sure what I was working towards, but I, I did my best every day to at least 
try to do something that's going to benefit my body. And I think over this, the period of quarantine, I really realized that soccer is what I want to do. Okay. And it um, almost focused me even more in a way where I wasn't having any distractions and stuff. Throughout that time, we talked about the uncontrollables that you dealt with freshman and sophomore year. We have insane uncontrollables your senior year now. Did you still find that joy in soccer? Did you still think with the mindset of day by day? Or were, were you like confused with everything going on like everybody else was, you know? Yeah, I think it was a mixture. Like I would try to like get together with my friends and like start pickups and stuff, even yeah. though like it was against the regulations. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't like stop playing soccer. And I think everyone felt that to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely had like days of both where I was like, oh, I don't know. And then days where I'm like, okay, this is my time to work while everything else is going bad. At least I can focus myself on one thing to distract from everything else going on in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think everyone kind of found a little bit of something to take them away from things. Like you started up your Luis Fair daily, you know, yeah. uh, like just something to keep you going and, and keep you busy and feel like you're creating something in a way. And I felt like that was with soccer. I really put a lot of time into making myself physically strong and, and faster, even though I couldn't be like playing soccer all the time. I, I found a different way to, to, to improve myself. Yeah, and, and then it kept improving when you heard the news about spring season possibly happening, what was going through your mind, especially knowing that we knew we were having a fall and then it was like psych you're yeah not having a fall. exactly that's how i felt i was like no okay like no way now i was like i can't rely on calathletics i can't rely on the pac-12 i can't rely on anything to do anyone for me because i felt like like n like no one was really looking after us in a way like and like not to blame them or anything there was so many other things going no, on obviously. but uh yeah we weren't really looked after so i was kind of like i need to find my own path to where I want to go because other people aren't going to do it for me. I think that's a valuable lesson, but also in that moment, I just felt isolated. So I think I took that thought a little bit further than what it actually is. Um, but yeah, so like I try to explore different opportunities. Um, I was like, let me try to go play for a different team. Let me try to go play for something, but no one was actually playing. So it was a very difficult time. Like you're reaching out, but nothing is coming back. Yeah. And obviously, you're reaching out, nothing's coming back. You're feeling kind of hopeless in a way, but you have some hope, and it's confusing. When did you hear about the, the MLS draft, and how did that even shape it? Some things. It was pretty crazy, because um, I got a call from some random agent I never even heard of. Um, and he was like, hey, I see a lot of potential in you, like... Uh, I think you can show really good at this Kansas City Combine. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what Kansas City Combine? He's like, oh, you didn't get the invite? And I was like, no. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, it should have been sent to your coaches like two weeks ago. And this is the Combine where all the MLS coaches, even some USL coaches are going to be there. And I was like, what? No way. So, like, I guess he sent, they sent the email to the wrong uh, email for Kevin. Uh, Kevin Grimes, our coach, and um, yeah, I was. I ended up getting an email. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm on this list! Like, I have a shot." So 
like from that day forward, I like committed myself to doing everything I can to make sure I'm the best I can possibly be for that three days for those three games of a showcase in front of everyone. And and you go and how was that experience? Obviously, it's the MLS Combine. It's not like an NFL Combine or anything like that with that much pressure and attention. But it's still the MLS Combine. So yeah. how was that experience? Uh, it was it was pretty crazy because I was like trying as much as I can to like find people to play with. Yeah. Uh, leading up to it because I thought that was the most important. And I luckily found a group here, uh, up up here in. Uh, in downtown Oakland okay. at this park called Raimondi. Uh, some of my teammates and some other guys who just didn't have a team to play with, we all just got together and started training hard. Like, we uh, we would put in work and we just play with each other all the time, and I think that was a really beneficial time for, for me to, to improve. And um, we were only playing three days a week, but I was working out six, seven days a week. Um, good. Running, doing fitness, making sure I was there. Um but yeah, when I when I got to the combine, I felt very prepared. I felt very confident, um, and luckily, I just had a I had a good performance there. Yeah, and you have a, a good performance. Um, everything goes well, and then between that time, what month was that when you went to the? That combine? was November. So November, between November and January, what's going through your mind? Was there? How did you deal with the pressure at the combine? The pressure after that, going into season, what's how, how did it feel? Yeah, like that pressure was up some days. It was down some days, you know, it was it was fluctuating. But I think it was very confusing because I didn't know. I didn't get any calls from coaches. I got a few. I got calls from agents that were like wanting to represent me, yeah. um, which kind of kept me going. I was like, OK, people are interested. Uh, but I wasn't getting calls for coaches or anything. So I was like, mm, maybe like I just come back one more year and. I, I proved myself again. So um, I was mostly focused on that throughout my time during winter break. I was I was like, let me come back to Cal and let me let me prove myself. So um, I was supposed to graduate in, in the fall, but I delayed my graduation so I could stay here an, another year. Yeah, and obviously that was a tough decision for so many seniors in college because mm-hmm. for those that don't know, if you graduate from college, you're not eligible for a collegiate team anymore unless you do grad school but then you have to get accepted and then you have to join a new team possibly so it's all over the place it's hard exactly and then all right we're coming back to berkeley before i even come back or juan comes back i get a text from you and it's hey you want to move in and i'm like all right yeah. I'll, I'll move in but i like i already i'm already set with juan like we're gonna find the place and he's like no but there's two openings and i'm like Who's the second opening? Yeah. Kaleo just left, right? And you said, no, I think I'm going to be leaving. And I was confused. I was like, what do you mean you're going to be leaving? Yeah. And, and you said, I really believe I'm getting drafted in this MLS draft coming up. Yeah. And that was, I was, I mean, a big bet in a way. And t- tell me about that, like that confidence that was going running through you. It was like, I just felt something that like, I felt like when I was there at the combine, I was showing very well, and I felt like I was ready for. I was almost ready for the jump. I don't want to say it's false confidence, yeah. like, but um, I mean, in the end, there wasn't a lot, lot of basis behind it. I can't like prove like facts, like oh, people were interested in me. Yeah. I was just like, I'm. I think I'm gonna get drafted. Like, 
So I'm taking this bet a little bit. I'm going to move into like the smaller studio room yeah, and let you guys have this room here. And um, yeah, I'm just going to take my chances because if not, I can live in this small room. It's no big deal if nothing works out. But if it does, then uh, it's an easier exit. And I think that move um, wasn't just for soccer. It was because... I just financially couldn't afford this place anymore. Okay. Um, the pandemic just was very harsh on me financially. Okay. And it just wasn't easy to support myself. So um, I think it was a mixture of both those moves. And it was not a very easy time in my life, Yeah. to say the least, uh, going both ways for soccer and, and money. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit of both. Yeah, obviously, like we mentioned, there's so many uncontrollables going on which I'm sure like many people listening to this could relate to because we the whole world went through this exactly. and it, it's I keep like repeating this but it's tough moments it's you're struggling maybe financially you're struggling with soccer and you say you know what I I think like it'd be best for me financially to move into the small studio mm-hmm. but I also think I'm going to get drafted and yeah. draft day comes up Obviously, we're all here now. We were there. It was right before practice. And t- tell me about that uh, 12th pick, uh, about how you were feeling on from 11 to 12 and, and how everything came up. Yeah, so about like two weeks before uh, the draft, I got a call from my agent. And he was saying, uh, like, San Jose is very interested in you. Uh, like, I, like, he was saying, I think you're going to be a first-round pick. And I was like, like no way. Like, you, I you played, like, okay, let me emphasize this. Yeah. You played 15 games. You yeah. struggled. Let me like rephrase for everyone. <laughs> you struggled freshman year, sophomore year, early junior year. You played 15 games. And now you're expected to be a first round pick after not playing for over 12 months. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy Like when you put it in those terms. But like that wasn't even all like my thinking. I was like, I almost like kind of I like was surprised at first but then I was like I kind of expected this okay of myself like this is what I like really believed in and this is like I really do think I'm one of the best players out here and like I want to prove that every day um and when I got that call it was like a great confidence for me to to reaffirm everything that I've been believing that wasn't really even showing to anyone else. I was like the only one that was really like seeing this for myself. So um, that really did mean a lot to me when I got that call um, to really kind of match my inner beliefs with outer beliefs almost and, and kind of see like, wow, this is the truth. Um, and then, uh, yeah, leading up to draft day, like obviously I was nervous because you never know what can happen on a draft day. People can go back on their words. Other people can select you. Um, so it was a whole mess. Like you remember being there in the, in the, in the living room. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like those first 11 picks were the longest hour and a half of my life. I was like, come on to hurry up. Like I need to see what's going to happen. And so, um, yeah, that was insane. And you end up getting drafted number 12 overall by San Jose Earthquakes. We go to practice, everyone's happy. That was a bit over a month ago. Now, for people that don't know, we're starting season. This episode's gonna 
like be out in a long time from now but we start season today i don't know what's gonna happen tonight at the game i don't know what's gonna happen during the season but as of right now where the plans stand like what's it looking like for your future literally from right now in the next few hours and then after that yeah well i mean hopefully we we go out there and kick some ass i mean that's what that's what i'm planning to do um but yeah going into preseason with the quakes you know i'm, I'm not on a contract yet so i got something to prove yep. um in terms of that and uh that's basically my full focus is to earn the respect of the players and coaches there um and show that i i can play at this level and i can succeed and um that's mostly my immediate goal. Yeah, because I feel like many people believe that as soon as you get drafted, you're set. And that's not the case. Uh, you mentioned it the other day from something I posted. The rent is due every single day, and you have to go out there and prove it. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting times ahead, but I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine. San Jose for sure got a good one, and the hard work will pay off starting tonight, which is... Interesting to say with the Stanford story, today is your last game, our first of the season, but your last game for Cal against Stanford. So that's like even bigger on this story. And I'm just excited for, for this game and, and your future ahead. I'm super excited for this and, and to be watching over you guys here at Cal too. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be great to see you guys grow and progress. Yeah, it's, it's going to be lots of fun. Um, I think with that, we're going to close off episode one of Denting. Um, I think the everything we went through of how you left your dent here at Cal, I, I feel like many people don't notice it because it's just not something you talk about, something you actually just prove with actions. But there's so many lessons to learn from this. And I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to share this with me, to record with me, be my first episode. And, and yeah, I know it's a wild day today, last game, and then you're leaving tomorrow. So, so thank you for taking the time and best of luck in the future. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And the one last thing, I'm going to wait on that signed shirt. I needed it. <laughs> Let me know that that's going to happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, you ask and, and when I get that contract, then it's on your way. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Tommy. Best of luck. And yeah, out. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andraes. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.